Welcome to Nazra Reviews. This is Brian, your host. And today we're going to talk about the new Hellraiser that just came out a couple days ago. Um, there's nobody in this movie that I know from anything. I will say that everybody did a pretty good job. I like this one a lot. I'm not a huge Hellraiser fan. Like, I like the first two movies. Never read the story that it's based off of or anything like that. I've seen some of the other movies, but I only like the first two and this one. But this is a reimagining or a reinvention, they say in the credits, or a new adaptation of the source material, whatever you want to call it. Clive Barker's helping on this one too. He was like the producer again. And I think it's really good. It's definitely, remember last week how I was complaining about how they changed a bunch of shit from the original and it was fucking dumb? Well, in this one, they changed a bunch of stuff from the original and it's not fucking dumb. This movie's two hours long, by the way. Just gonna warn you up top. Uh, they, and you'd think the pacing would suck, but it doesn't. It flows pretty good because they change how the uh, puzzle box works in this one. See, like in the original, you solve the puzzle box and then Pinhead comes out. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. In this one, the puzzle box has different puzzles. It's like five or six, something. We'll get to it in the overview. It's got different forms. And for each new shape that has to be solved, a sacrifice has to be made. So that helps with the pacing, I think, because this movie is like plotted out. Each instance, the puzzle gets solved for whatever reason. And they have a lot of restraint in this movie, which I could see throwing some people off, but I think that's just the new age, like, inpatient type of shit. Because you don't really get to see hardly anything until, like, the fucking halfway point of this movie. And when I say see something, I don't mean, like, you don't get to see anything until a fucking hour in. I mean, you don't get to see a whole lot of gore until about an hour in. But all of the Cenobites, and there's a lot more in this one, I think there's like seven, and they all have redesigns, obviously. And I'd say they improved for, they didn't have Butterball. I don't know the name of all of the Cenobites. I know the Priest, which is Pinhead. Clive Barker hates the name Pinhead, by the way. I don't know if he still does, but he did back in the day. Um, Played by a transgender woman. And from the things I've watched on Pinhead or on Hellraiser, Pinhead is supposed to be androgynous, and I'm not gonna lie, it's perfect casting. Sometimes Pinhead looks feminine, sometimes you can see the masculine come out. No disrespect, but it, that's what happened while I watched the movie. And then another thing, another one, Chatterer gets a nice redesign. They all look grotesque. It's great. Uh, I'm not gonna describe how all of them look. You'll have to go watch the movie for that because nope, there is too many pieces of flesh moving in too many directions. But uh, my favorite, who's always my favorite, you I don't count Pinhead as a Cenobite, even though he's a Cenobite or it's, it's a Cenobite because uh, Pinhead's like the leader. So out of the Cenobites that aren't Pinhead, the Gasp is my favorite and always is. And that one in the original is the one where the top of her head is split so you can see her skull and the skin is attached at her shoulders and her throat and trachea and everything is opened up. In like the third one, they smoked through it, but the third one was ass. So she, because it's always a, a female, she's my favorite. And her redesign in this movie is awesome. And she talks a lot. Uh, I liked all the music, actually. I don't know what instrument they use, but it sounded like they just, like, slammed some keys on a piano. When a Cenobite shows up or something creepy starts happening, it's just like, boom. And it's really nice. I like it. What else can I say up top before we get to the overview? Nothing. Other than go watch the movie. 
It's worth it, 100%. I'm not going to be comparing this one to the first one because the movies are so different, it's not worth it. The only thing I'd be saying is, it's completely different and they have redesigns. I already did that. So, let's get into this overview. We start off at a park bench that's not really at a park. And Voight's personal assistant slash lawyer, who cares, is uh, trading a briefcase full of money for a box, a wooden box. Then we cut to a party where that same girl's like, hey kid that's out of place in this party. He's like young 20s. Why don't you come into the back room real quick? It'll be fun to meet Mr. Voight, Roland Voight. He starts playing with this rectangle puzzle box. It's it's, it's not a square anymore. <laughs> and he starts moving things on it and twisting it. And then Voight shows up and he's like, what are you doing? And the kid's like, if I, if I open it, do I get a prize? And Voight's like, I do. Go on now. You can do it. So he finishes it and he gets stabbed in the hand. A knife shoots out of the side of the box, stabs him in the hand. He starts to get all woozy and Voight slams a gate and locks him in this room. And then he gets uh, hooked in the leg and pulled off and strung up. And the whole time that's happening, Voight is praying to the Leviathan. Also, the puzzle box changes into uh, a double pyramid before it cuts to Riley and Trevor banging. So Riley is our main character and she is a recovering addict of pills of some description. She lives with her brother, his boyfriend, and the roommate. And it's the typical dynamic. She gets questioned on everything she does because she has a drug history and he brings up the drug history every time he has a problem. Same old, same old. So Trevor and Riley are hanging out at Trevor's place and he's like, hey, you want to do this job that you don't want to do for money? And she's like, yeah. So they break into the storage containment that has a safe in it. They, they open up the safe and it, this kind of foreshadows how smart Riley can be because they're banging away at the safe and Trevor's like, we're never going to get it open. And she's like, sometimes you just got to think harder. I don't remember what she actually said. And, uh, she knocks the lock off. That kind of come back later, comes back later when she has to think on her feet at the end. Don't worry. You'll forget that she said that by the time you get to the end. We're about 15 minutes in. So Riley takes it home, but she comes back drunk. Matt doesn't listen to Colin. Matt's the brother. And instead of just letting it go and letting her chill out in her room, he yells at her and then she leaves. She pours out her pills. And as soon as she didn't drive away after pouring out her pills, I'm like, she's going to pick them up later. You don't just pour them out at your feet. That's like a, that's a fake, I'm not going to take these motion. Anyways, so she takes them and then she goes to the merry-go-round across the street. And she, so she takes her new box to the playground and she has to rub on it a little bit and start fingering it to open it. And as she does that, a blade shoots out, but she dodges it. And then the pills start to kick in and she spins the merry-go-round that she's on. And as she does, she sees a figure and then the world changes into this like dark stone hallway type thing. And then it goes back to normal, but the priest shows up and is like, actually the gasp is like, the blade was meant for you or something like that. And then Pinhead rocks up and is like, we either are going to take your soul or you're going to have to trade it. And Pinhead does a little thingamajig on the box, which draws a mark on her chest. And as Pinhead pushes it in, so does a hole push through Riley's chest. And then out of that hole shoots out four chains and they shoot into Matt's shoulders and hips and rips him out of sleep. So then Matt goes down and finds her, passed out on the merry-go-round, wakes her up, and he, as he grabs the box, he doesn't notice the blade, stabs him in the hand, throws her away, and gets her up 
and against a wall while he goes into the bathroom to clean off his hand. And as that's happening, the blood is being absorbed by the box and it starts to change on its own. And all you hear is chains and screaming. And then Riley runs into the bathroom and all there is is just a little bit of blood. She lies to the cops. And then when she talks to the roommate and uh, Colin, they don't believe her because she's on pills. So she's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to Trevor's house. And they bang. And in the middle of them banging, she sees Chatterer just chilling. But finally, they start discussing what the fuck they're going to do with this box, where it came from. So they find whose name was on the storage container. And it was the PA. So they go to the hospital. She tells them that it originally belonged to Voight and she did a bunch of bad things for him. So the PA tricks Trevor out of the room and then tries to steal the box. And then through the struggle, it gets solved and pa gets slashed on the finger so they get the fuck out of there i mean the lady stays but later she's alone in the room because everybody just disappears uh side the hallway opens up to hell which is another stone hallway by the way and this stretched it's a, a smaller cenobite his skin is stretched to this apparatus that's on his back and he's really slow but then she runs into the hell corridor and then breaks through somehow into the hospital again but there's like four or five cenobites like moving in on her and the crying one grabs her by the neck while the gasp takes the needle and this whole time she's pleading please i'm sorry i didn't blah 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 so gasp takes a a needle out of uh the crying one's eye and it has like crystallized tears on it and puts it in her mouth and says save your breath for screaming and then it cuts to her looking up Voight on the interwebs. So she's off to the mansion. As she pulls up to the mansion, the gate just opens for some reason. And when she rocks up to the house, this mansion has a gate surrounding it. It's locked down. As she explores, she finds a hole that she can get through with a window. So she gets in and as she's exploring, she finds a switchboard. And she like flicks all the switches, all the lights turn on, and the cage opens up. She finds his notes and he has a notebook that has all the answers in it because it's a movie. As she's reading this notebook, she starts to hear Matt calling. And she goes and finds him and goes to hug him. And his back skin has been torn off. So she's just sticking her fingers into nasty juicy grossness. By the way, there's some practical effects in here and there's some CGI effects. So we're just going to call it a wash. It looks good. But as soon as that happens... She gets tackled basically by Colin, roommate, and Trevor. Colin talks to Riley, and Trevor just walks off, and the roommate explores a hidden doorway she accidentally opened with a different switchboard. So Riley explains how the box works, basically. Each puzzle has a name, a meaning, and once you go through all of them, you get to choose a prize at the end. It takes a sacrifice for every one. We have the Lament configuration, which is the box. It stands for life. Lore is a weird offset box. You get knowledge if you pick that one. Ladrant is love. I don't know how to say that word. Liminal is sensation. Lazarus is obvious. And Leviathan is power. So Riley goes to find the box and it's gone. Uh, the roommate gets locked in a dark hallway. We see a guy with some sort of contraption in his chest and he's solving the box. He stabs it into roommate's shoulder and she runs off. She starts seeing Cenobites as she's running. She bursts through a doorway into the hall and she still has the box sticking out of her back. Colin and they all meet up now and get her in the van and take her away. Riley picks up the box. Uh, this is a pretty fun part of the movie that is kind of neat. Hell tries to open up where the van is, but they drive away. And so every time they stop, Hell tries to open up where the van is, but they keep moving before it can open. 
Like they even hit a bump once and it was hell opening up. Until finally, the Cenobites are like, how about we just open the doorway in the back of the van? So they do. And this is what happens. So her Achilles tendons get hooked, her hips get hooked, her shoulders get hooked, and her chest gets hooked. And then she gets hoisted and stretched into the air. And Pinhead is behind her. So Pinhead walks up and then bends her back with the chains. So she's looking at Pinhead with her head upside down. And Pinhead walks up and says some shit that Pinhead says. Takes one of the pins out, stabs it through her neck and rolls it around, changing the way that she's screaming. Telling her how many different nerve endings there are that they can touch before they're through with her. And then pulls the needle out. And there's like an inside her throat cam to see the needle rolling around. It's really cool. And then Riley looks into the back the review mirror and sees all this happening for a split second while chatterer just grabs the roommate by the head and tears her off the chains and all that's left in the van is a blood spray and then trevor crashes the van they still want to know where she is like that matters she just flew out of the back it's fine nothing weird happened okay so while the two boys are arguing riley walks off and she's gonna throw the box into the water and as she does that pinhead's like how about you don't and there's a really cool shot because it's dark out and Pinhead is dressed in white skin, not black this time, and, and red muscle accents. I, it's the best way I can describe it. She has a robe-like thing that's part of her skin, its skin, whatever the hell it is. So it's a total redesign other than the head, which I like it. Threw me off that it was white, but it looks really good contrasted, especially in this scene, because she's standing on top of the water, and Pinhead is the only thing that's lit up. And then just teleports next to Riley and is like, hey, don't throw the box away. We can give you stuff, like your brother back, promise. Riley resists, and Pinhead's like, fuck this shit, I'm gonna cheat. And solves the next, only two more sacrifices left. Solves the puzzle, stabs Riley in the hand, so now Riley either gets eaten, or sacrifices Trevor or Colin. Colin, like, twists his ankle while they're running, and Chatterer steps out of the ground, and they get behind the gate, but Chatterer just, like, rips the gate off its hinges, and then pins them with the gate because they're back at the mansion now and as riley's trying to figure out what to do trevor is fighting off chatterer and chatterer bites his arm pretty good and she stabs chatterer chatterer slowly backs up pinhead gives a little bit of a smirk it looks like and as soon as chatterer is ready to be sacrificed he gets ripped apart and then they get into the house she hits the button locks down the house they tie up his arm and then now the new plan is to solve the box let one of them in so they can use that one as the sacrifice but while they're having that conversation Voight rocks up and Trevor's been working for him the whole fucking time it's almost it's weird that Voight would be the one at Voight's house that's all I'm saying so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about his contraption he fucking explains it later but I'm just doing it now at random intervals it rolls his nerves through like six rollers at least six i didn't count them so he can never get used to it he can never get numb to it because it's a random amount of time and it's a random when it happens is random and how long it happens is random so there's no way for him to get used to it riley solves the box with the blade out ready to go she goes outside to chat uh the crying one splits its hands in half that's pretty fucking cool and they lure the small slow one in but when she goes to try to stab it it fucking engages fast mode like the contraption on its back rolls the wires and hooks to its back and then now it can run now but she falls drops the box but as she does trevor hits the switch which catches it in the doorway so now that it's trapped they let colin out of his cage because when he hit the switch 
more than one door shut. So they let Colin out and he goes to look for the box, but the box is missing. Turns out Voight had it and slashes his torso from bottom to top with it. And then it starts to transform into its pyramid configuration or the Leviathan configuration if you want to follow the lore of the movie. This is when he explains the thing in his chest. He picked sensation. They tricked him into thinking it would be pleasure, but it's pain. Just look at him. If you think those things are going to give you pleasure in any way, shape, or form, you were just dumb. That's all there is to it. Just dumb. Because they're like way more grotesque in this one than they were in the first one, in some ways. So basically, he just wants it taken out of him. He doesn't want his gift anymore. So he opens all the cages and the outside cage. Trevor goes after Colin, and then the Leviathan comes down, which is a a bigger version of the pyramid configuration. Kind of like the pyramid in the void. I mean, it doesn't look like that, but that's what I'm talking about. Colin's being followed by a few... um, Pinhead wants to talk to Voight. Voight traps them all in a cage. They're all caged up because he built a prison. Riley sneaks underneath the one that got trapped to go after Colin. And as she does that, she opens the gate to let Pinhead take care of Voight. Uh, The gasp wraps up Colin in these wires. And Riley's trying to decide if she's going to stab Trevor. And Voight is trying to get rid of his gift. But Pinhead is like, you can't get rid of your gift. You can only exchange it. So it gets exchanged for power. He picks the Leviathan configuration. And Riley stabs Trevor in the stomach with the pyramid. Doesn't even have a blade anymore. Just stabs him with it. And uh, he gets sucked down in the hell. Uh, a big giant chain comes from the Leviathan pyramid and stabs Voight through the chest and pulls him up into it. And as Riley and Colin are leaving, she gets to make her choice. And to Pinhead's disappointment, she picks the lament configuration, which is the box, which means she gets to live because she didn't pick anything. She's like, fuck your gifts. I'm going to just be a person and live with what I've done to myself. She leaves the box, she drives off, and then we cut to a bright white light. There are such such sights for Voight to see right now. He's all white and bald now, and he's on this uh, cross. It's like a winged cross, I would say, platform. And he gets he gets a bunch of his skin like peeled off. He gets strapped to this cross and his lips get ripped out or ripped like a sensor bar around his mouth, torn and then tied back. And he's affixed to this cross and the movie ends. I mean, his eyes turn into Cenobite eyes and then it's over. So like, is he going to be the villain of the next one? Is there going to be a next one? Or is this just going to be it? Is he just going to be like, I don't know. This is one of those movies where the good guy won and the bad bad guys won at the same time. Like, the bad guy was Voight this whole time. Like, Pinhead's not really a... Pinhead and the Cenobites aren't really that... They're evil because they're like demons, right? But they it's not like they're like fucking running around just stabbing people. You have to fuck with the box before they start fucking with you. You know what I mean? Voight was the real bad guy the whole fucking time. Sacrificing people left and right and then he gets to get ultimate power at the end. He gets control of the Leviathan. Pinhead says he gets control of the Leviathan. I don't know what that means. I need a second one to know what that means. I want a second one to know what that means. I just don't want like four or five. Just give me two, maybe three, answer all my shit, and we're good. But anyway, yeah, I don't have anything to complain about here at the end. Uh, I liked it. It was a good one. I would recommend that you go watch it. If you know what the lore is, it might suck. I don't know. But if you're like me and you didn't, it's good. All right. We're going to do... Let's do species next week. Let's keep the weird, creepy sex theme going through Halloween. Anyway... I'll talk to you next week. I hope you have a good week. Bye.